0: Welcome to the Ephesians 3 podcast. Here you can listen to the student talks given at Ephesians 3, a weekly fellowship where students at Newman Parish in Columbia, Missouri speak on topics of faith and experience fellowship and life-giving community. Based on the passage of Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17-19, through 19, the ministry seeks to lead students deeper in the Catholic faith through community, conversation, and prayer. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode. Anybody here that may not be Catholic? There's one? Okay. Well, I'm glad you're here so you can join us sinners. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. yeah you know, that's a bad dad joke. Um, I was going to come up and say M-I-Z, but then I thought, you know, based on what was saying Saturday after people were saying M-I-Z, I probably shouldn't say that. You know? There was a different acronym, if you all heard, if you were at the game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, apparently not. There goes three jokes. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I'll, stay, I'll keep my day job. So, so it's uh, a pleasure to be here. Uh, it's really an honor. I, um, I'm not sure why I'm here, but obviously the Holy Spirit wanted me to be here. Um, and so a friend of mine that uh, Emily Shaw, you guys may know Emily, um, she saw me at Daily Mass one day and she said, hey, I think you should, you should speak at Ephesians 3. I was like, what is that? So, you know, to be all candid, you know, and, uh, and so she was telling me, and then I ended up meeting Mikey and then Roman, and, and it's been great, and I'm, and I'm pleased to be here so and be with all of you. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, obviously the, the title is Knowing Christ, uh, but I wanted to tell you kind of my story. And as I tell my story, kind of uh, uh, put in some theology associated with knowing Christ and what he desires of all of us, okay? So, and I'll, and I'll reference some things, too, from books that I, that I use um, that I would recommend as well. So, I was raised with parents that were both Catholic, so I was cradle Catholic. And uh, they had a real devotion to the rosary. So, every time we'd go in the station wagon and we'd go to anywhere, we'd always say the rosary. And so, that just stuck with me. But I didn't really engage in it, if, if you know what I mean. I, I was just saying it out of routine but I kept that always going forward in my life. And so the rosary was just a big part of my life. And as, and as I was uh, going through school here at Mizzou, um, you know, I always knew that I was Catholic and I always attended mass, but there was something that was missing. And I just knew there was something that was missing, okay? And as I was, uh, I graduated, um, ended, up, ended up working uh, at State Pharma Insurance, and I always attended Mass, got involved with the Parish Council. Funny story. This should actually, should be funny. Um, I, the Lord has a sense of humor. So as I graduated and I was starting to work and everything, and I bought my house and everything, um, uh, a buddy of mine, Ray, came up to me and said, hey, you should be on the Parish Council. I think you'd be, be good. And I said, well, that's for old people. I don't want to be on the Parish Council. So uh, a couple of weeks go by, and at our facility, we used to have a State Farm uh, facility here, uh, there was a young lady that was working as the uh, executive assistant to one of our vice presidents. And uh, so I was like, oh, she's kind of cute. So I walked over, started talking to her. Little did I know uh, she was our president of our parish council at Lords. <laughs> so so I didn't find that out until I was you know, basically trying to ask her out and everything. And she said, hey, she said, you should go on the parish council. I was like, why? That's all for old people. And she said, well, I'm the president of the parish council. I said, oh, then I need to be on the parish council. <laughs> so that was funny. So, so the Lord has a sense of humor, right? So part of that is just to recognize that we are not in control of our lives as much as we think we are or not. So when I got on the parish council, it was the greatest thing ever. I thought it would be terrible. I was just there for obviously uh, other, all, all, other reasons, I should say. And when I got on there, um i actually started to realize what a parish council does for the parish and what it does for the for the pastor it advises the pastor about all sorts of things okay so i was like okay this is actually something i want to get involved in so i got involved and i was very grateful and very very uh blessed um and of course the lady that i the the, the false pretense of why i got on the lady uh, ended up leaving so i was like well that sucks so you know (laughs) thanks lord got me on this thing and (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, but but anyways
0: so it, it grew and again i was consistently going to mass you know consistently saying the rosary you know always had my parents giving me books when i was a kid and stuff that i just threw in the you know in the, in the closet never never read them because i was like oh, i already know this stuff so as i as i progressed in on the parish council um i was in charge of doing spring cleanup. so i got students to come out and and uh, landscaping services to come out get all this stuff organized everything and it was great and it was, and it was fun. And then afterwards, after I got off the parish council after six years and no, I didn't get a date. No one else got on there. That was my age, which was a you know, joke. So <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get, you know, I didn't get anything out of it now, jokingly. But what I did get out of it was I got out of service and I recognized that service was really important because up until that point that I was on the parish council, I never really did extra stuff. I never really felt like I should be doing something for the church. It was, hey, I'm going to mass, you know, I'm saying the rosary, you know, that's that's all I need to know. You know, I I didn't realize until later as I get closer to my storyline that that the Holy Spirit provides us understanding, but knowing Christ, what today's topic is all about, you don't really have a true conversion until you know Christ. Okay, so you might have understanding like you know, the church teaches this, the church teaches that, and I should pray and I should do this and all these things. But conversion is when you actually participate and learn about Christ. So, so as I was going through, I, I became a Knights of Columbus. Um, uh, so all of you guys need to become knights before I leave. Before you leave, talk to me. And, uh, and you can join our council, not this one. No um oh father dan just showed up i can't so so uh welcome father dan and uh now i gotta change all my stuff um so afterwards um you know kind of just kept on going you know as as life life uh you know is you just kind of we just kind of keep on moving on this journey and i was asked uh by one of the old codgers at the knights because that's pretty much what it's full of is old people i was trying to bring the. Average age, down. <laughs> not that I'm an old person, but. so so they asked me to be grand knight, and I laughed at him like I don't need to do this. Like I don't even know any first thing there is to to run an organization or anything like that, right? And and they're like, no, no, everybody likes you. And you you should do this. I was like, no, I don't want to do this. So a couple of buddies of mine that I really liked and, and and would go tailgating with at Mizzou games, they came up and said, hey, if you become grand knight, we'll we'll help you out and do some things, you know, and we'll help you you know, and support you. So I was like, okay, fine. So again, I wasn't wanting to be grand knight. didn't seek any leadership position, nothing. And of course the Lord had a better plan, or at least I thought. So then I become grand knight. We do a lot of things. Little did the old codgers know was that I just didn't want to be a caretaker, you know, someone that's in a position that basically just does what everybody wants you to do and not really lead. So I was like, Hey, now that they put me in this position, Damn right, I'm going to lead, You know, so so I was like, hey, we're going to do all these changes. So we we did a lot, um, but but part of the nights is really um, about fraternity. It's about uh, unity. It's about charity, and about your spiritual, for at least men, to develop more of a spiritual understanding of God and what it is to be a man in today's society. And so that was coming along, but I didn't really understand that. But it was coming. And so things started happening where, you know, we were putting on things for Special Olympics. We were doing uh, pro-life uh, fundraising events, all these things. And so service was really important to me. And then, and then little did I know I got a letter one day in the mail, and it was from the bishop. And I'm like, okay, have I been excommunicated? I didn't do anything wrong, but didn't know. So the bishop sends me a letter, and I have to say it was probably know the Holy Spirit once again, or Father Chris over at, at Lady Lords. Um, that asked me to join the Diocesan uh, deef Board, which is which is a fund that we we manage to uh, provide siphons to school teachers in our Catholic schools because they only make 85% of what the public schools make, right? So I was like, well, this is cool. Yeah, I'll just join, do this. So I get on, and then I realize, yeah, I actually have to work and do more things. So I was like, okay. Then at that point, I was starting to feel like, you know, hey, I can I can really do a lot of this stuff. I can lead, I can, I can, you know, set a vision. And so the bishop appointed me president of of this organization. So it started becoming a lot about my skills, what I thought, what I could do, everything about me and not what God had planned and not what God wanted. And so then at the same time, we formed um, a McGivney Catholic Education Fund. Um, and they asked me to serve as president again. So I was like, oh, this is even better. So I've got all these things I'm doing. And so so we were we were, by the grace of God, very successful in all those uh, endeavors. But I was missing still the underst- or not the understanding, but the but the conversion, right? I was still missing, you know, this is about the bottom line getting everybody to heaven, mm-hmm. right? and and developing my relationship with Christ. So I'd yet to really fully do that, okay? So about, uh, and this is recent. So in 2022, yeah, spring of 2022, I had been Grand Knight for four years. I had been president of the D Board for three years. I was president of the Giving catholic Education Fund, and I had no social life. I was doing everything because I was like, no one else can do this. It's about me. I got to make sure I've got this vision. No one else has, has any skill to, to, you know, participate with us and help me with this vision. So it all became about me. Instead of what it's supposed to be about, which is Christ, right? So, what happened was I got so um, overwhelmed, I should say, by the intensity of everything falling on my shoulders, or at least I thought that I was like, "This is crazy. I can't do this stuff anymore." Everybody's asking me for this and that, and they want me to do even more work. And why doesn't someone else volunteer, to do something, and get out of their chair and you know step up? So I became very much a cynic and, oh, you know, nobody can do this and, you know, I don't want to do this anymore and nobody's going to volunteer. So all of a sudden, a good friend of mine that was at the Knights named Charlie Schuster, uh, even though I really didn't get along with him very well, (laughs) believe it or not, he was one of those old codgers. And uh, uh, always was fighting me at every every step of the way. Whenever we wanted to make progress, you know, and he's like, "You're going too fast." And I said, "I said, no, we're not going fast enough when you make progress, you know." And uh, and and believe it or not, he dropped dead. And uh, and and so and so it's crazy because no, 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 it, it, it's actually it's actually crazy. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we're not in control of our lives. I literally had a meeting, and after the meeting, we'd always grab a beer. And uh, my buddy, my deputy grand knight, myself and Charlie were there and and Charlie was was um, just not in good health. And, and and again, like I said, I wasn't thinking I understood. Holy Spirit was providing understanding but I didn't have conversion. I didn't understand what that meant and knowing Christ, truly knowing Christ. So. We were weird chit-chatting, joking after a few beers. I said, "Charlie," I said, "How are you still alive? Like you got all these, all these, you know?" I know, I know. It's crazy to think of what I said, and then, uh, and then, and then, you know. And I was, and I did it with a wink and a smile, which you know. And everybody's like, "Oh, huh, you know." And and then, literally, like a week later, he's found dead at his home. Boy, did I feel like a real, you know, beephole hole. So I, uh, I was just, I mean, I was devastated, you know. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, this." This this can't be happening! I can't believe I said that. First of all, and then it happened, you know. So again, we're not in control. And uh, so, anyways, long story short, I had a I had to speak at his uh, funeral mass, and um, got up there. I've done a lot of public speaking, had no problem. And then, literally, at the end, as I was reading, we do a um, almost like a declaration for any knight that dies, and it's it's very nicely said, very nicely done. It's from Supreme and I was reading it and I choke up and started crying. I just, it just hit me. And, um, after that, I recognized a couple things. One, you know, I may have all the understanding in the world, but I really didn't, I really wasn't being Christ-like. It was all about me. There was pride, you know, that no one else can do what I do. You know, no one else wants to get up there, you know, and volunteer. Well, had I asked anybody to volunteer? No, I didn't. So things were starting to swirl through my head. A lot, and I was getting to the point where anxiety and stress were just eating me away, and I got to the point where I I, I had nowhere else to go. I was actually not being able to function anymore, with with all my duties with Deef, with with night and and uh, McGivney, and not to mention my work, my real job. And so um, I was like, oh my gosh, this is insanity. I'm not going. I'm not crazy. Why am I going crazy? And so the only thing I knew to do, based on all my history of uh you know being catholic and and praying the rosary was i went to the blessed sacrament and i literally said okay i'm yours i don't i don't know what to do i don't know where to go i can't even think straight i can't even do my own work at home i'm going crazy so i need i need a miracle well that was my second epiphany of my life and i'll get to the first just a minute but but that was my second epiphany and the epiphany was, is that the Lord was basically telling me, you need to slow down and you need to have a relationship with me. You need to know who I am because clearly you don't. And so that was something that was so powerful because here I was, everybody was asking me. They they Again, I thought everybody relied on me. You know, Tim, there's an emergency. You got to do this. You got to do this. And finally, I just said, nope, I'm done. I'm, I'm no longer going to run for brand night. And everybody was like, what? What's going on? What's going on? And I didn't tell anybody because I was embarrassed. You know, I had a lot of pride. And so I immediately started going. I had a set time that I was going to the Blessed Sacrament every Wednesday night. And so I was going and just saying, hey, I don't know what else to do, but I'm here. You know, lead me. I need you. And at that point, I started opening up all these books that my mom and my dad had given me like years ago. So all you guys that are Catholic and you got books from your parents and you just tossed them. I started opening them up, cleared off the dust, and because uh, I had no other choice, I had no other option. I didn't know what to do, and I knew I wasn't going to go crazy and go to the doctor and saying, you know, I'm crazy. You know, what am I going to do? You know, throw me in handcuffs and put me in. You know, so um, so I started reading. Um, I had I found a, a daily devotional. I've got a couple of books here I'll talk about in a minute, and started reading a lot, and started to to recognize um i had i had a good uh, a priest friend of mine a father uh arbashan who who believe it or not uh was diagnosed with congestive heart failure and and the doctor pretty much said that you're at your last life you know and and uh he he had talked about redemptive suffering because he was in the hospital and he was talking about uh, to others about the love of christ everything like that well like a month later two months later um, he no longer had congestive heart failure, so we have a priest in our diocese that truly has a miracle. Okay, so I didn't know I had him on my text message, and I said, "Hey, Father Abashan, I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. Um, you know, I know to go to Christ and to pray, but but you know, give me some advice." So he told me to to get this book called Into Your Hands, Father, Banning oneself to the, the God who loves us. Okay, so I'm thinking, okay, what another book is going to do for me? So started reading it, and and literally it was like you ever read something and you're like, oh my gosh, that's me. I've been such an idiot. You know, I hope you do at some point in your life, um, because it's because it's no, because it's very it's very um, it's very refreshing because you recognize God's love in that moment. You recognize God who has provided everything for you, for us. You know, He's provided every single need not want, but need that you could ever possibly uh, have in, in, in life. And more importantly, I read it. I read a, a, a particular um, I think I got it. If you if you so inclined, I'll, I'll kind of give you a really quick perspective. So I read this and I, and I dropped the book and I was like, I'm such a fool. How stupid of me, you know, and then I realized the difference between understanding and true conversion. And, and true conversion is, is, is the result is knowing God, knowing Christ, right? Truly knowing Christ um, and, and really accepting what my role here on earth is, right? And, and this is interesting. So it gives in quotes, it's, called, it's talking about accepting God's will. I'll just read this to you. And this hit me and hopefully it h- hits you pretty well. How can you know that you are living in God's will? This is the sign. If you are troubled about anything, that means you are not completely abandoned to God's will. The one who lives according to God's will is not troubled about anything. If he needs something, he surrenders it and even himself to the Lord. He places it in his hands. If he does not get what he needs, he remains calm as though he had received it. Okay? That was the first Oh gosh. I'm I'm pretty spoiled. I got everything I ever want. Wow. He is not afraid whatever happens, for he knows that it's God's will. When he's afflicted with illness, he thinks, I need this sickness. Otherwise, God would not have provided it to me. He thus preserves peace in body and soul. So when I read that, that's where I felt I've been such a fool. So I recognized the fact that a couple things. One, God's in control. That's been that, at this point, to me, that was that was pretty apparent. Two. I, I didn't realize the fact that God has a plan, and anything that happens in our life is for a reason, right? Nothing happens out of coincidence. We like to say that in our society that oh, it's just a coincidence I ran into you know so and so, but it's really not. It's an opportunity for us to show the love of Christ and to provide to that person. They may have never even heard of Christ. They may never even even met someone that was Christian, and that's an opportunity for us to, to to really engage and show our love. and And then the last thing was, you know, you hear you hear about situations in in the world with people that you know get diagnosed with cancer or or, or have some kind of you know illness or, or or even if it's not illness, but it's it's what I was going through, you know, stress and anxiety and all sorts of things that can afflict us, right? I didn't realize until reading this book that I'm not abandoning myself to God. I'm not open to what he has for me as far as his plan and his will. So I started to change my prayer life. Okay? So remember I used to always pray the rosary, okay? But it was just mechanical. It really wasn't anything there, okay? Or at least I I didn't realize that. And so I started to change my prayer life to start out by saying, "Lord, I just want to I just want to do your will i'm here on this earth temporarily it's like i have a visa right <laughs> and i'm here temporarily right? <laughs> so 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 that means that means i'm only here a certain amount of time not to not to you know you know you you hear all sorts of stuff with with our immigration mode. and anyways you know visas whatever and and so i'm here temporarily okay and so i thought oh my gosh okay what is it what is it that god wills of us okay so this is kind of getting in that piece of knowing Christ. What is it that God wills of us? He wants us to be with him in heaven. He wants us to be able to help others and serve others and, and serve our brothers and sisters like ourselves, okay? And doing it in a way that brings joy. And it's interesting because everybody would always ask, Tim, are you happy? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm the happiest person in the world. I can get through whatever I want to do. But I didn't understand what joy meant. Until at this point, and as, as I continue to pray, and I realized that joy comes when you're serving God and, and you're doing God's will. Okay, to truly be joyful, you know, everybody says, Are you happy? and all this stuff, and yeah, I'm happy, whatever. Tigers won, great, but which is good, but I, at the same time, I didn't understand what joy was. And so, when you really understand joy, it's because you're serving the Lord and His will for us. So, so again, that kind of allowed me then to start deep diving into um, more spiritual books, but more importantly, more prayer. And so I started saying the Divine Mercy Chaplet uh, every day, started saying the Rosary with intent and with understanding. And, and that changed my life completely. And I'll give you an example quickly. After this, I guess, my epiphany, And i was starting to really get at home i was setting time aside for prayer like 30 minutes a day and then 30 minutes became an hour i didn't realize it and so then it became almost an hour and a half and i was like oh gosh i actually have a full-time job i got to start working so but but it became so important to me because i was recognizing that god has a plan not only understanding is important like i thought i had all the understanding of the church all the understanding of to know love serve the lord and to serve you know your brother and sisters yourself but i wasn't i didn't have true conversion and i really didn't know god and so as i was reading and i was going through these things i i started just randomly of course randomly nothing comes randomly the holy spirit's guiding it right so i was starting to come across these different chapters and different verses in the bible and i got to the point where i came across uh, a verse and and i forgot it now that's going to look real bad but i did and uh and and it was something about you know god has a plan for you et etc cetera, etc cetera. and then and i still have my old catholic youth bible from when i was like 12 years old well in there yeah you know, it has like a little bit of excerpts that kind of describe the passage and what it means so i was reading it and it said something about hey today or tomorrow god's going to send someone to you to help you through this and i was like yeah okay yeah right so i go to daily mass here and and i ran into one of my good friends carmel she's irish and she can she can drink a lot but but uh, she she's great she's great real tall lady so she's over towering you so uh intimidating to some extent and um she came up to me and she said she said uh damn i haven't seen him forever it's so great to see you and she's just very warm to me and welcoming and it was funny because then she starts talking about things that she's dealing with And I said, oh, my gosh, I said, are you going to are you going to do such and such? And she said, no, she said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And it immediately hit me that, oh, my gosh, this is the lady that I just read about today that the Lord was going to send to me. So things started happening that, again, nothing happens in coincidence or random. And so all of a sudden I'm just like, "Okay, this is scary, but it's good. So I need to consistently continue to dive deeper. And it's funny, the more you dive, the more the God pulls you in. <laughs> so just be aware of that, because you might have to be asked to do something that you really don't want to do, but it's for God, so you got to do it. Um, <laughs> I'm just telling you, yeah, I'm just telling you, especially in this day and age. Um, so anyways, um, so, so, so long story short, and I kind of gave you a, a quick synopsis, but I wanted to, to kind of express a few things that, that I've grown to after that incident happened, uh, for the next three or four months, I was doing a lot of prayer, praying the rosary everywhere. Uh, have, have my Knights of Columbus rosary, got things blessed. It just changed my life because I was understanding that I want to serve God's will. I had a desire to be holy, I had a desire to be in heaven. Okay. For the first time in my life, I actually had a desire to do that. And the more I understood that desire, and the more that the Holy Spirit was guiding me and the grace of God that I was asking for, you get a better understanding, but that understanding is actually now provided to you with conversion, with actually knowing Christ. And He wants us to have the wisdom, the fortitude, the counsel, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, so that you come to Him for everything. Throughout your day, as you wake up and go to daily mass, for those of you that can, uh, during the test that you might fail, <laughs> through, through the evening, through the evening, where you guys are throwing back a, a drink or so, right? And you're just and you're just watching fantasy football stuff and everything. For all that time frame, every day, God is there with you. That you should be asking for. You know, hey, thank you for my my life today. What am I called to do today for you to know, love, and serve you? Okay.